Hey, kiddo, how was the hill? Did you learn anything? Yeah, that ripping pow induces spontaneous joy. The Icon Pass lets you do you at 50 destinations worldwide from 249 Adult. Drop in for next winter now and save at IconPass.com. Blog Talk Radio. Um, knowing that 
through God, we will get the revelation we need for our destiny. Through God, we will begin to understand what's going on in our lives. Through God, we will find the peace and the revelation that we need for our daily living. So now that in the previous sessions we've called out to God, we've cried out to God, we poured ourselves to God and we've said to him, here I am, you know, and we we surrender ourselves to him and we want to know what he's saying and what he's doing in our lives at this particular moment. So now that we've done all those things and we've surrendered ourselves to him, now we can carry on to know that there's a work in us that he's doing and he's progressing in doing it. And he's not microwaving it, but he has to purge us, renew us, rearrange us, cleanse us from our old man, our old way of thinking, our old way of doing things. And he's pouring in a new man, a man of him, a spirit man that focuses on what he's doing. And now our lives will begin to be on course with what God is doing. So now we just want to focus on that plan that God has for our life, we want to focus on what God is doing because we know we are a work in progress. We know that daily he's purging us, he's cleansing us, and he's letting us know that, you know, we have things that we need to get rid of, our thinking or, you know, just bad habits or whatever it is that's against his word. So as we go today, we just want to thank God for letting us know that he's not through with us that even though we feel like we're at the end, he's not through with us. Even though we feel like where is it going, I've hit a wall and I don't know where to go from this point, he's not through with us yet. He's not through. So don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your destiny. Don't give up on who you are. Your name means something to God. Your presence means something to God. And we have to live according to that, knowing that he's not through with us, knowing that he predestined us, knowing that he knew us before we even entered into our mother's womb. We have to remind ourselves and encourage ourselves of this information daily. That way we will know that God is not finished. He has a work for us to do. He really does. He has a plan for our life. He really does. He's not just out there haphazardly wandering around letting us figure it out on our own. No, that's not the God that we serve. We serve a God who lives on plan and on purpose and on destiny, and he wants us to do the same thing. So let us go into prayer and believe God that he's going to show us exactly what he's doing. Father, we thank you right now. We give your name praise, glory, and honor. We worship you right now, God. We glorify you. We magnify your name, O oh God. We thank you, God, for everything that you're doing in our life, God. Some things we understand, some things we don't, God. Something hasn't registered in our spirit and some things have. But no matter what, God, we're not giving up on ourselves or on you and your word, God. We're not giving up, O oh God, on your promises, We're not giving up, oh God, on the power of the Holy Spirit revealing to us the things that you desire for us, oh God. We give your name praise, Lord. We thank you, oh God, because by faith you will reveal these things to us, oh God. We love you right now, oh God, and we thank you for everything. We know, God, that you would never leave us nor forsake us, oh God. 
Father, you told us to come unto you when we're heavy laden, God, and that you would give us rest. You would give us rest, Lord. You said for us to call unto you and to seek you, O God, and you would show us things that we do not know. So, Father, we come today seeking those things that we do not know out, O God. We pray for the comforter to come, O God, that as you begin to reveal these things to us, God, that there will be a peace that comes upon us, O God, an understanding, a revelation and knowledge of your work that you're doing in us, O God. We won't be anxious, God, that you would hurry up and do this, God, but if you're doing it through progress, progressive stages, God, then we're willing to stick it out until you've completed the work in us, God. Until the day of Jesus Christ, we thank you right now, O oh God. We rebuke discouragement in our lives, distress. We rebuke right now depression, O oh God, in our lives. Father, we rebuke those things right now in Jesus' name. We plead the blood over our lives right now, over our destiny. God, right now in the name of Jesus, over our thoughts, we plead the blood, O oh God, that your word may come freely to us and that we will be hearers of your word, God. We would learn from your word, O oh God, and we will be sober in receiving your word. Lord, we thank you right now. We give your name praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. So just when you think that you're at the end of your rope, just when you think that things maybe couldn't get any worse or things just plateaued and that seems like this is it for you, you know, and now you're going to live to help your kids or live to help the grandkids because you feel like maybe your life is at its end. But God is saying even if you're comfortable where you're at and it seems like things are going pretty well for you, there's still work to be done until the day of Jesus Christ is coming back. There's still things that need to be completed and done through you that God has ordained only for you to do. So we need to just begin to seek the Lord and say, God, thank you for the life that I have, whether it's good or bad. Because as Job said, should we only worship God when things are good or should we do it when things are bad as well? Because his wife told him to curse God and die. And he was like, no, I know the opposition will come. So whether your life is good or bad in your understanding, and in your terminology, God is saying he's not finished yet. Regardless of where your life is today, as of right now, God is saying, I'm not finished. I still have work for you to do. And I will bring you out, bring you up, and set you up for the blessings that I have for your life. And and he wants us to you know, really begin to get into his word to understand that there's more to come. There's more to come. No matter what is being told to you or said to you or the surroundings where you're at, there's more to be done because in Philippians it lets us know that the work he has started, he will finish it. It's not something he started and then he's just going to leave and say, I'll be back a little bit later on but he's actually going to finish that work that he started in us. So whatever it is that we are asking God for or we're focused on or we're like, God, I've started this project and I want to know um, what else needs to be done, just be, continue to seek the face of God. Just continue to stay before him and he will continue to let you know what else needs to be done. Even though it may seem like you've hit a wall, even though it may seem like you're not getting directions anymore, you're not 
on purpose anymore. God is saying you are on purpose because even at that point when the enemy tries to block you from hearing from God or being distracted or whatever, God said break through that. Break through what the enemy is trying to do and begin to just listen to what he has to say. Being confident of this, that we, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out on the completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So just know it's not over. It's not over. No matter what it is, it's not over. God has not told you it was over. He has not told us that this is the end, but he has told us it is not over. He has started the work in you, and he will complete it. He has started the promises in your life, and he will complete it because in Revelation 3, it lets us know, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no man can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now, this is a guideline that God is telling us in order to receive that destiny blessing that promise of Abraham, there are some things that we have to do. So Revelation lets us know he has seen your deeds. He's seen your good heart. He's seen you go out there when you had no strength to go. He's seen you do things and pray when you really didn't feel like praying because all was drained from you. You know, you felt like this, I, I don't have any more to give, God. I, I'm, I'm, I'm dry. You know how they say you can't squeeze juice from a turnip. That's how you can feel in a situation sometimes like there's nothing else to cry about, God. I've cried over the whole situation, and and it's not looking any better because we're looking at the visual and not in the spirit realm. But he says, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. So once we begin to get into the word of God, even though we're drained spiritually, even though we don't know the directions, even though the doors have been closed, I mean, well, even though it looked like there's a blockage in front of us, God says, I have opened a door and no one will shut that door. Now, we have to understand that we can shut the door because when we see the door open, we can walk away still in discouragement and say, that's not God. We can look at that door being open and say, now nah, I'm going to go back and pray a little bit more. But once you know your God and you've communicated with your God, when that door is open, you are running head first to that door because you are ready for that door to be open. You are so ready, you are just standing there looking at it because you're ready. He's not through with you yet. He has a door that he's going to open that no one will be able to close. Because it's your destiny. So no one can close the door to your destiny because it has been spiritually opened, not fleshly opened. The flesh man will not be able to open that door and close it. You know how people do things for you, they're like, oh, I made you so I can break you, or I've done this for you, I can take it away. No, it won't even go, go like that because when God says, I have opened the door, it is a spiritual door and God is the one standing there with his angels and the Holy Spirit saying, this door is not shutting. I don't care what any demonic spirits say, how, whatever they do, whatever spells they try to cast, this door is going to stay open because I am God. So when you see that door open, discouragement has to go, depression has to go, because God has now favored your life. 
and you, as he said next, I know that you have little strength. He said, I know your strength is almost gone. I know you're tired of crying over this. I know you're tired of praying over it. But now I've opened the door to where you probably don't even feel like you need to walk through the door. You're probably just standing there looking at it like it's, is this real? What God is saying, I've opened that door for you through all that you've gone through and you've held on to your faith. He said, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Now that's when the seriousness of it comes in. Because as we know with Job, he kept his integrity through it all. Even though he questioned some things, he yet knew God and who God was. And the relationship that Job had with God was still intact, though he questioned some things. And God is saying to us, even though you question things and you cried and you you know, got a little bit off track. He said, you still held your integrity, your relationship with me. I know your strength is gone. I know you don't have much left. I know this. But he had to break us in order for us to get to the point where our our strength was gone. Because in order for him to do what he had to do in our destiny and that door to be open, he had to break us. He had to break our spirit will and our spirit of wanting to control and do things ourselves. He had to break all of that in us. Because when he opens the door, he's in control of the door, not us. So when God says, I've seen you, I've seen, I know your deeds, I know what you've done. I've been watching the whole course the whole time. I haven't left. I didn't go anywhere. Every time you cried and said, God, I don't know, I don't understand, he said, I've been there. He said, but you kept my words, and you did not deny my name. But instead, you said, in the name of Jesus, I'm coming out of this, by the words of our testimony. In the name of Jesus, though you slay me, yet will I trust him. In the name of Jesus, I plead the blood over this situation. And you kept fighting in the name of Jesus. And you went to church feeling a little bit disoriented or a little bit out of it, but you kept on going anyway. You read your Bible, even if it was just one scripture. You tried to hold on with little strength that you had. When you cried out to him in your tears, you still said, nevertheless, God, thy will be done. That's when God said, okay, now I can come in. Because she really or he really has released their will unto me. It's not God, let it go this way, or I want it to go that way, but it's God, thy will be done. Thy will be done. So even if you had to take Isaac up to sacrifice him, you could still stand and look at God and say, thy will be done. Whatever it is God is taking away from you, and it looks like a lot, and you say, Lord, why? He's saying, but I want you to still give it to me and say, thy will be done. Whether it's your children, your parents, your cars, your money, whatever it is, just hand it over to him and say, God, thy will be done. Because I know you're not through blessing. You're not through purging me. You're not through directing me or rearranging me, setting up a new life for me. You're not done yet. So I'm going to praise you in the midst 
of what I'm going through. You have kept my words. You have kept my commands. And with that, we can hold on to the promises of God. We can hold on to what God is saying to us. So when we begin to cry out to God and we are, you know, not knowing where our destiny is headed at this point, I think that's where the whole world is, not just us as individuals. We can cry out to God and say, thy will be done. You know, I I can only make it for this time because my flesh is now weak, God, but thy will be done. Can we say that to God when all looks bad? Thy will be done. No matter how this comes out, thy will be done, God, because I can trust you with my life. Can you really trust God? Have you gotten to that place where you can say, God, I trust you with my life? And we have to understand it's not even our life. He really is in control. So even when we tell him what we're going to do, we eventually backstep and say, okay, I'm sorry, my bad. I should have listened in the first place. So no matter what, we still got to go to God. No matter what, we still are connected to him. No matter what, we're still his children, we're still his servants. We are still God's property. And the promises and the covenant that he made with us through Jesus Christ's blood and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it holds true till today. He's not through. He's not through with your life. No matter what is going on right now, he is not through. No matter what famine you're facing, he's not through. It's not the end of you. It may feel like it. People may have thrown you away and said, uh-uh, that's it. I can't, I can't help no more because to them, this is the end of you. God is through with you, obviously, because they don't see the blessings like with Job. They were like, surely you've done something because <laughs> other than that, you would have repented. God would have restored you, and we all be laughing and talking again. But this is taking a little bit longer than it should, Job. What's going on with you? And we get those people in our lives, but we thank God for them in the end after we've gone through. Why? Because they're the ones that strengthened us. It wasn't the ones that encouraged us so much to say you can make it, but it was those that told us we couldn't make it that made us push forward to make it. Because not only did we want to prove them wrong, but we had to prove it to ourselves as well that their words will not stand in our lives. That what negative words you've spoken over me, I'm not going to let that get into my spirit and become life. So though you are going through, and though your deeds, God has seen them, he knows them, and he knows that your strength is weak right now, keep your integrity with God. Don't worry about what people say. Make sure you're always connected to God by keeping your words holy. Even though you don't know, God, I'm going to trust you. I, I just got to trust you. I don't know. God, I love you. I mean, just find those words that can flow in a positive form towards God because he said, 
You know, I know your deeds. I know your strength is gone from you, but you kept my word. And you did not deny my name. So no matter what it is, hold on to God. People can throw you away. That's conditional. But God is not conditional. When you're in a famine in your life, in your family, whatever is going on, God is right there saying, hold on, don't give up, don't give up. I got you. I got you. You coming out of this. I got a blessing for you. I got a book you need to write. I got pictures you need to take. I got something planned to where he's rearranging your life, to where maybe what you did all your life, now it's time to reconstruct it and go in a different way. But he'll let you know that the revelation of you spending time with him. But he's telling us, just hold on. He's not through. This is not the end of you. You may only have a dollar to your name right now, but that's not the end of you. No, it's not. You know, you may question every day, what are we going to eat today, God? Give me my daily bread of whatever I need to feed my family, but that's not your end. Because you are a child of God, so that's not your end. You may go to to sleep worrying, God, I've applied for jobs and nothing is coming. That's not your end. He is still working on you. And it's for the kingdom that he's working on you. It's not for the flesh. Please understand that it's for his glory that things are presented to us through us. It's for his glory. So once he breaks us, and he gets us to that point where we have no more strength and we have to depend on nothing but him, then that door can be opened because he gets the glory because it was only God that could have opened the door. Not one of our friends, not through a connection, nothing. Only God could have opened that door. Only God. So guess what? We give him praise. We give him glory. We give him honor. And we can't wait to tell people how God miraculously opened the door. That's his goal. His goal is to get the glory. Not for our friends or family or connections to get the glory. It's for him. We are the ones that allow God to get glory through us, and that draws others into salvation. So how can God get the glory out of your situation? He's still working on us. He's still trying to show us how he can get glory from us. He he still wants us to know that I need you to hold on. I need you to not give up. I see you are weak right now, and there's things that you want to do that's not according to the word of God in order to get money, in order to get a job, and he's like, no, it's not necessary. I got you. I'm going to provide for you up until the day that door is opened. It may not be the way you wanted him to provide for you. You may want him to give you 5000 every month, but it may only be $50. It may only be just enough to buy food and gas. It may only be, but guess what? He's providing until that door is open. And no matter how he's providing, thank him for the provision. Thank him for the provision. And God will be glorified through that because as he's opening up the provision doors, You're thanking him because you knew it was not by your power that he was able to do it. So we go to Ruth, Ruth 1 and 8. And it says, then Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, go back, 
each of you to your mother's home. May the Lord show you ki- show kindness to you as you have shown to your shown to your dead and to me. May the Lord grant each of you will find rest in home in the home of another husband. So we're listening to Naomi tell them, you know what, y'all got to go because I don't have anything else to give to you. Everybody's dead. What what do I have? You think I'm just going to go have some more children and y'all going to wait till they become men and then I'm going to, you know, let you marry them? I have nothing left. I've lost everything. You've lost everything. There's nothing left for me to give to you. And so many times we see that in our lives that what was once a provision has been cut off. And now we're looking and just standing there saying, what in the world? Excuse me, what in the world just happened to my life? Because it instantly happens. Sometimes it doesn't progressively happen. Like with all the layoffs that's going on and with the lack of uh, things going on in the world, it's an instant thing. It's not progressive. Just one day you wake up and it happens. This happened to Naomi. And she told him, y'all, y'all got to go back because I don't, have, I don't have anything to give to you. So in verse 14, as they wept again, then Oprah kissed her mother-in-law and said goodbye. But Ruth clung to her. Ruth was in a connection that she knew God ain't finished with this relationship. And I'm not going to let him get finished. I'm not going to allow myself to finish it until God tells me this relationship is done. She knew she had nowhere else to go. She had nowhere else to turn to, but she was faced with the decision of what am I going to do. So Ruth said, you know what, where am I going? She says, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where will I go? And where you stay, I stay. Your people will be my people and your God my God. Where you die, I will die. And where they bury you, I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, but it be it ever so severely if anything but death separates you and me. When Naomi realized that Ruth was determined to go with her, she stopped urging her. Determination to get to where you need to go. Even though it's a blind determination, you just, you just have that feeling that something, which is the Holy Spirit, is tugging me in this direction, and it looks just as dry as the direction I'm going in. I'm already in. But through the Holy Spirit and obedience to God's word and not denying who God is in your life, she was like, I'm moving forward. I'm going forward to an unknown place and unknown people before I go back to where I've come from where there's nothing there. Either way, to me, there's nothing in either place. But I'm going to try this new place first. This is a door that has opened, and I'm going to go. Ruth was blessed, as we read on in the story, for holding on to that. And God is letting us know that even though the door looks a little bit scary, because he may tell some of us we need to move, we need to go and do this or do that, and we're saying, God, that's just not possible. But God is saying, that's the only way I can bless you. We have to revisit some of the promises that God has given us and say, you know, God, you told me, you know, a couple of years back when I read through my dream journal that this is what I should be doing. And we'll begin to realize that God set that up for us way back when 
and now it's time for that to come to fruition. Now it's time to journey into that part of our destiny. So Ruth held on, and she was like, no, I'm not going back. I'm going to stay right here and see what God has for me. She knew she could always go back home if she went there and it wasn't, you know, promising. But she decided to go to the new place first, and then I guess if it didn't work, you could always return back home. But at least she stuck with moving forward. So whatever it is we are going through, we need to move forward in it. We can't wallow in how our life used to be when a job was on every corner. When no matter where we apply, they called us right back instantly and said, hey, we want you. We're not in that time anymore. We're in a time where there's two openings and 2,000 people are applying for that two openings. We're in a time where food cost is high because there's not enough food to feed the people that are on this planet. So they stretch the food and now it's higher and our income does not meet what we want to or used to eat. So now we have to rearrange a lot of things and we have to rethink things because our lifestyle has been altered by force, not by choice. But God is saying even in the midst of all of that, he's right here. He's still working on us regardless of what we're going through. He's still there in us, through us, and wants his name glorified. Can we hold on to God through this? Can we cling on to God the way Ruth clinged on to Naomi and said, I ain't, I, no, I don't care what you say, I'm right here. Can we hold on to God like that? Or do we need tangible things to hold on to? Naomi was tangible. Ruth could see Naomi. But Job couldn't see what was going on in his life. Job had nothing that told him, this is what you're going through. So Job had to hold on to his spirit and say, I don't know what this is, God, but God, I know you're in control. So if we are one that needs tangible, then God is going to continue to break us until we need spiritual. Because his whole plan is for him to be glorified. And when we can hold on to something we don't see, now we're at the place where God wants us to be. But as long as we're holding on to what we see, then God is going to continue to do a work in us. Because it's all about the spirit man and not the flesh. It's all about what you don't see, not what you see. So if you are going through which all of us are, we got some story to tell about how things have been altered in our lives. God is saying, bring it to me in prayer. All that you face in life, go to God in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs, he is ready to bear. The only thing he asks us is in Revelations 3 and 8. Do not deny my name. Do not deny who I am. And I will continue the work in you. Keep my word and don't deny me. And he promises he will get us out of this and he will open doors that no one can shut. 
So when a door is open and you're like, oh, let me hurry up and get to that door, you know, Ruth wasn't in a rush to get to the door. She was determined to get to the door. Being in a rush means that might be a little bit of fear that it might close. But Ruth wasn't concerned with the door closing because she wasn't going to let it close. She was determined to get to where Naomi was going. Do we have a determination or do we have a fear of what tomorrow brings? And if we are going through and we are here praying to God, then we know tomorrow God is going to bring us out because he brought us out yesterday, today, so tomorrow is guaranteed that he's going to do it again. And we have to begin to practice that and meditate on that. God, I know you you fed my family yesterday, so I know you're going to do it again today. God, you gave me gas. I know you're going to do it again. And even if our situation is not that severe, even if we are concerned about a job or sickness or disease, but whatever it is you are going through, having a baby, um, getting married, whatever your stress is that you've allowed to become stress, you have to take it to the Lord in prayer. You have to give it to God with determination. He's going to answer that prayer. With your concentration, not on fear, but on God bringing you out. Because if there is a delay, it seems like to you, it's not a delay to God because he's still breaking you. He's still rearranging you. He's still pruning you. He's still preparing you for what he has for you. So it's not a delay. It's not. God knows exactly what you're going through. But there's something in you that he has to purge. There's something in you that he has to deal with before the blessing comes because he doesn't want it to destroy you. He doesn't want you to misuse the blessing he has for you. He doesn't want you to overlook it and become careless with it. So he has to work on us that we be prepared for the blessing he has. It's not a microwave blessing. You can't say I'll pray three days and three nights of fasting and he's going to give it to me on the fourth day. It's when God sees that you're ready for the blessing. So though you pray and fast those three days, breakthrough is coming. But God needs to see the maturity of it before the breakthrough comes. So with your determination and your fasting and your praying that you're going to get to your destiny, then yes, destiny will come. It's like studying for a test. The Holy Spirit can reveal to you what you've studied and help you pass the test. But if you haven't studied any information and you sit down with your pencil and paper and you say, Holy Spirit, come and help me pass this test, what is it he's going to try to bring up from your mind to help you pass except, you know, that you just kind of hoping you circle the right answers or whatever, but the Holy Spirit brings back to our remembrance what we've studied, what we've read, what we know, and he searches our heart. So we have to put something in in order for it to come out. In order for maturity in God to come out, his word has to be there. In order for us not to deny God, his word has to be there. And that's why he said, you've kept my word and you have not denied me. 
hold on to the promises of God. God is true. Be determined as Ruth was to go to your new level. Go to your new promise. Go to what God has for you because it's your door. That's your door. That has your name on it. So whatever your name is, that's what's on that door. And God said, I'm going to open that door because you've done and you're weak. So even if he got to carry you to that door with his angels, you're going to get to that door because God has opened that door. So don't ever think that you're going to miss a door, an opportunity. God is not going to let that happen. What God has for you, it really is for you because your name is on it. And though you may see other people doing something that you say, man, I I wanted to do that, or that's what God told me to do. Okay, that's their version of what God told them to do. But there's a part that God has you doing that's only designed for you. Or if somebody steals your ideas because you verbally told people what you want to do and then they go and do it, then, okay, we need to repent and tell God to please continue to, to help us out with that one because we spoke it a little bit too soon. As probably what Joseph, we would compare that to the story with Joseph speaking out something before it's time and then being derailed from it. But God is not through. Regardless, even if it ends up in a Joseph-type story, it's still, he's not through. Because even Joseph matured while he was down there and he knew what to say and what not to say when he met with his brothers. So even in that, God can still bless you. God can still do whatever God wants to do because he's in control of everything. Everything that's going on in this world, God is in control. But it's through us that he allows that that things will begin to manifest. It's through our prayers that things begin to manifest in our lives. He's in control. He's not through with you, so we can stop crying and asking God why, what, when, and where. You know, we don't have to cry out to God in depression or in distress saying, why have you left me? He hasn't left you. If we check real closely, we'll realize we left him because the door opened, we thought it was him, and we took it. And then come to find out it came with a whole bunch of extra stuff and just missed. And criterias, but when God opens that door, He said, Nobody can shut that door from you. So, when we are in our time of prayer before God and we have that determination, like Ruth had, that I'm going to get to my new place because the old place is dead, everybody's dead, everything is dead. Why am I going back to dead when I got a new place that's alive that I can go to that makes that has and offers more promises to me. I'm going. I'm going forward. I'm going forward. When you realize that things are dead, you know, it's it's no more. There's nothing else you can do with it. God is saying, okay, now let's move forward. I'm moving forward in God. I want to see what he has for me. I want to see what the end is going to be. I'm going to run on. I'm going to hold on. But we have to understand that our destiny depends upon us. Because God lets us know that he's seen what we're going through. He's seen the good things that we've done. He's opened the door for us. He knows we don't have much strength, but we kept his word. So with that, that lets me know that the outcome is determined by my actions. 
So when you're searching for your destiny, you're searching for purpose or for a job or for a child or whatever it is you're searching for from God, the outcome depends upon you. You know, how much are you reading the word of God? How much are you spending time with God to get his directions? What are you doing to hold on and be determined through God that this is going to happen? What are you doing? Are you looking for tangible things? What are you doing that says to God, I am determined that you're going to get, I'm getting this. Or are you saying, God, show me something. Show me, show me, show me, show me. Give me a sign. Give me a word. Give me, not the word, but give me something tangible that I can hold on to. Because his word is spiritual in us. And we need that. But what is it? that's hindering us from walking by faith of things that we don't see. And we can actually hold on to what we don't see without problem. We can concentrate and we know that these are the promises of God because we are in his hand. Are we saying, God, show me a sign, and then I'll believe. Show me something, and then I'll hold on. But once he show it to us, we're going to ask for another one. He's not through with us. So we don't have to cry to him. We don't and say, God, why have you left me? Why am I in this situation I'm in? What's going on with my life, God? Or as the Israelites said to Moses, have you brought us out here to die still by the hands of the Egyptians? Why have you brought us out here? We could have just stayed there. Are you looking at life in that direction? Like I can go back to where I used to be? Or are you looking at it like Ruth is and saying what used to be is dead? It doesn't work anymore. So now I need to move forward to the newness of Christ, to the newness, to the new life that he has for me. Which direction are you looking in? I'm going to go back or I'm going to press forward. There's a song that says I can't go back. To the way that things used to be Because now that I know your presence And I know who you are I can't go back to where, to where I used to think about things To where I had to see before I believed I can't go back to that person I now have to go to the person that knows God That's where we're at now in Christ We have to hold on to what we don't see And believe God for those things God, I don't have it, but I know you're my provider. Lord, I see the medication that I have to take, but I know that you're my healer. I heard what the doctor said about my my report, but you're my healer. That's when you can live in the I don't see it, but I know that you're going to do it for me realm. That's where he wants to break us from the seeing to the non-seeing, and knowing in the spirit realm that he is God. He is God. Can you see God parting the water for you and making a way for you to come out of Egypt? Do you see God doing that? Or do you see God allowing you to stay in captivity and he's going to bless you through the captivity? 
Whatever you see, that's what's going to happen. Because whatsoever man thinketh, that is what he is. Change and things will change. Remain the same and things remain the same. Seek the face of God. Know his will for your life. Know who he is in your life. And God will always come through for you. He will never, never, never leave us. He will never leave us. He's always going to be right there. So we have someone on the line from uh, 919-803. So let's see if we can um, we can take that call and see what God has in store for us. Hello? Hello? Hey. Hi, how are you? Wonderful, how are you? I'm doing fine. So I see you called the show today. Yeah, I've enjoyed the message. Well, praise God. Well, was there any prayer requests or any comments you wanted to make, or you just wanted to listen? Well, I was listening, but you could pray for me. I, You know, just general prayer would be, would be fine. Good. Okay. Well, let us go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you right now. We give you praise, glory, and honor, oh God, for her family, for her health, for her wealth, and for her relationships, oh God, that you have ordained for her life, God. As we wait upon you, oh God, for a word from you, we take courage and we take heart, oh God. Lord, we thank you right now, oh God, for the strength that you placed in her. God, that whatever she's facing, that she has already won the battle, Lord God. That whatever she's crying out to you about, oh God, that she has already received her answer from you, God. Lord, we give you praise right now, O oh God, that God, as this is a general prayer, O oh God, but you specifically know what she is in need of, God, because she take everything to you in prayer, God, and she weeps before you, God, and she asks you to help her, God, as she show her strength, God. We know that her spirit man is strong, but her flesh is weak concerning the issues of life, God. We trust you to reveal to her as she wait on you, God, for direction, for your promises to come forth in her life, oh, Lord. We just thank you, O oh God, and we plead the blood over her body right now, O oh God. We ask, O oh God, that the blood of Jesus just begin to go into her body right now, O oh God, and heal sickness and disease, Lord God. Lord God, that your blood would go in right now, O oh God, and flush out everything that's going on right now in the name of Jesus, God. Lord, take the pain away, God. Take away the things that the enemy wants to use to discourage her and say that you're not there to help her, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we plead the blood right now, God, because she's not defeated. Father, as we believe in your word, God, that you dismantled the enemy when you went to the cross and you rose again, O oh God. He cannot defeat her, God. He will not defeat her, God, but we take authority right now. In the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen, my sister. Amen. Thank you so much for praying for me. Amen. Well, you know, this week God has a blessing for you. 
Mm, he has a, he has a blessing, and that's just not a general. There's specifically something that he has just for you this week. Before mm, this week is out, God will show himself in your life, and you will not have to question who God is in your life anymore because the enemy wants you to believe that he's left you. He mm, wants you to you believe Lord. that God is not going to answer you, and he's like, nope. I'm not going to let you cry like that. I'm not going to let you question him like that because he's our God. Yes. And he doesn't want us to feel like he's left us. He doesn't want us to feel like he's not answering our prayers because he is. But the devil is here to tell us that he's not. So before this week is out, God has your blessing. He has yours. Your name is on it, and it's yours. Ah, thank you, Lord. So no one will be able to take that away from you because you have been faithful and he knows it. He's seen you and he knows your strength is weak at this point. He knows. Thank you, Lord God. So you don't have to try to play strong with God. He knows your strength is gone. He knows. He knows. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So you be encouraged and know that God, is. he's with you. He he really is with you. Thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Amen. You will come with testimonies in Jesus' name mm-hmm. because the blood has covered this conversation. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. So you have a blessed, wonderful, encouraging week. You do the same. Thank you thank so much. You. Amen. Bye. Amen. So we thank God right now. We give God praise. We love the Lord. And whatever the enemy is trying to do, and that's his job. He his job is to discourage us, but we have a job as well, which means that we have to stand on the word of God. It's a promise to us. He's promised his his love. He's promised everything to us. God is faithful in all that He's going to do. He's faithful. He loves us. So we are in this program right now. We believe God for everything that's going to happen, and we will hear. Wonderful testimonies on next week. God promises are sure. What God has promised will come to pass this week in Jesus' name. And I plead the blood right now that the promises of God, God will encourage us this week, this week. Amen. And we will come forth with testimonies. We thank God in Jesus' name. Thank you. 
great news. For a limited time, you can get one month free of Spectrum Mobile service. That's right, one month free with any new line. This exclusive offer is only available at select Spectrum stores. So stop by today. Our team of mobile experts are ready to help you switch and save hundreds on your mobile bill. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. Come see us at Market at Hilliard, Taylor Square, and Waterloo Crossing. Spectrum Internet and auto pay required. Restrictions apply. Visit store for details.